Welcome to this edition of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast, where we talk about topics and resources that help you lead more to reach more. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this edition of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast. My name is Tom Bump, and I'm your host. Thanks for joining me, my friends. I am looking forward to this episode. And I got to ask a question right out of the gate. Have you ever wished you had some pixie dust to solve all your kids' ministry challenges? (laughs) I mean, seriously, now I'm not talking about glitter, you know, Satan's snot. No, we're not doing, we're not doing glitter. We're talking pixie dust. You know, I know, I know you're, you're thinking, Tom, maybe you've got some pixie dust in your brain. Maybe I do, but I have something I really do believe is going to help you all. And it's not real pixie dust, but it is a great resource, a great book that I believe will help you stir some of that creativity, bring back some of that passion and excitement to get you to think about what could be and and just move past some of the limitations that sometimes we get caught in. My guest today has created a great book, written a great book that's going to help ministry leaders find that inspiration and push through the challenges that and, and get some new perspective. Because children's ministry leadership has changed and the way we're doing things should change. And if we're doing things we've all, the way we've always done it, we're stuck. And I, I think this book is going to help. And we've just spent like over an hour talking off air. Again, I'm going to say it like I always do. I should have hit record probably and we could have been talking some of it anyway. Some of it was just us catching up. So you wouldn't want to hear, hear, hear that, heard that anyway. <laughs> This is going to be fun. Justin Smith, welcome to the Kids Ministry Collective, man. Oh, thank you so much, Tom. So good to be here. Finally. Finally. Yes, I know. Because I think we talked about this a long time ago and then didn't make it happen. Actually, your first book, I think we kind of talked about it. Um, it's my I did fault. Get, so, yeah. Well, it's all right. We, I got Dale on and we'll talk about what the first book was, I'm sure. But Justin, tell tell my listeners a little bit about you and what you do. Yeah, absolutely. So I've been in ministry in some capacity for, wow, probably, you know, going on 24 years now. And most of that's been in the next gen ministry space. So I've been started off in in youth ministry and God called me up to, to the ranks of being a children's pastor. So I did children's ministry as well for many years and I've done both. And so I've done, you know, in a family ministry role or next gen role at some of the places that I've worked at. And where I've found the most, I guess, satisfaction or or <laughs> joy, I guess, in, in yeah. serving the local church has been in children's ministry. And I can recall uh, a long time ago, always thought I was, I was going to be in youth ministry specifically. And when I finally went to kids ministry, I was a little reluctant uh, to do it. And after having done it for uh, a year or so, I actually had an, an opportunity. Do you want to keep doing youth ministry or, 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 or kids ministry, do one or the other. And, you know, if that question would have been asked for me a year before I would have been, you know, youth ministry, but after a year of doing kids ministry, I was like, I want to stay in kids ministry, kind of surprised myself, but just the, <laughs> yeah. I just absolutely, absolutely loved it. I loved the creativity behind it. I loved just, you know, being able to shape young minds and, 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 uh, you know, build into them at the ground level versus having to, you know, wait for the, you know, imagine a building being built and having to, you know, redo all the construction after it's already yeah. built. 
it just seemed easier to start the foundation. And so, yeah, I just, I absolutely love kids ministry. So I've been, I've been doing that in some capacity for, like I said, over 20 years and still do that. So I'm not, I'm not a, 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 on a church staff right now, but I, I do some coaching with, I have an LLC called Kidman Magic. And so I work with churches of all shapes and sizes, typically honing in on the kids ministry part and just helping them with strategy, with creativity, multi-site questions, whatever it is that they need. I like to lean in and, and come alongside them and just help them be better. And then what I also do is I, I work with, with an organization called Storyland Studios. Storyland Studios really is a company that helps uh, churches, helps people tell their stories uh, better. So we like to say uh, stories that lift the spirit is really kind of our, our mantra. And so, and what we do is we do it in a lot of different capacities. And so we help people with their strategic, spatial, or digital storytelling. So a lot of it has to do with brand design, story that walks away with you, design you step into. So man, you're probably in kids ministry if, you, if you're more involved in kids ministry in some way, if you're listening to this. And so any of those theme spaces that you walk into with some of those, you know, fancy churches or, <laughs> or whatnot, you know, we do that type of work and then design that you interact with. So AR, VR, virtual websites, all those types of things we work with. And we work with companies as large as, you know, the Walt Disney Company, Legoland, you know, Merlin Entertainment to a church plant that's just starting out and trying to figure out what to do and what yeah. to order and, and how to create things. So really it's, it's, it's a big spectrum. And I love that because I just have always had this entrepreneurial, like creative bent about me. And so through Plain Joe Studios, I'm able to leverage, I feel like that gift that God's yeah. given me to help churches be the best they can be. So that's what I've been up to. Oh man, that is so cool. That is so cool. And, you know, and one of his passions is storytelling. And that's why this, you're going to love getting your hands on this book, which we're going to talk about because I, I wanted our listeners to hear uh, about this. And so, Justin, we always start the podcast off with a why question. And Perfect. so here comes your why question. So why, why write a book called Kidman Trust and Pixie Dust? Because the title caught me right away. I'm like, okay, I want to know what's the why behind this. What, what's the story behind this book? Yeah, well, I mean, part of it is just my, two things. One is, I mean, I love children's ministry. Absolutely love it. And I've devoted much of my life to, to it. And the other part is I've just always had this, this passion, this fascination with, with Walt Disney and the Walt Disney Company. And I think I'll, I'll say that obviously I don't agree with all the things the Walt Disney Company does sure. and maybe even yep. some more recent decisions or, or policies that they've put in place. You know, I, so I, I don't line up with everything they do, but there's no doubt that there's tons of things that you can take from, learn yeah. from uh, the company, especially mm -hmm. kind of that the vintage Walt Disney. You think of Walt Disney, the man. And just how the company started. So I have a, mm -hmm. I really do. I, I love the, his, the historical part of it. It's part of the reason why I like Disneyland more than Walt Disney World is <laughs> I like the park that Walt Disney actually built and this, the history behind it yeah. uh, is pretty fun for me. And so really the book, I mean, I, I, and I'm not here to talk about it, but I mean, there, there's the first book, if Disney ran your children's ministry, just a real practical book that a couple friends and I wrote put together, which was fun. Very, yeah, like I said, very practical. But then Kidman Trust and Pixie Dust, again, came from, I just knew there was more to talk about. There's just more, there's more stories. There's just more that you can pull from. It's just some of the, especially the, the past leadership from, from the Walt Disney Company. And I wanted to put those two things together. I knew there's a lot of, I know there's, there's 
enough leaders in the children's ministry, next gen space that have an appreciation for, for Disney yeah. and what they've accomplished. And I mean, you just think about all the crossover between church and, and Disney, just reaching families, yep. um, um, you know, the, the combination of entertainment and educating, you know, so the, the right. edutainment part of it and how we teach kids. I mean, cause that, that is a reality, a big part of it. And they do well at that. There, there's just a lot, there's a lot of great crossovers. So I just, yeah. So I, I just, I was like, I want to, I want to put this in writing. I want people to have, to have these thoughts. So Kidman Trust and Pixie Dust is just about kind of leaning into what, you know, you call the magic. I'll put that in quotation marks. I'm not always <laughs> yeah. even real magic, but you know, the, the magic of Disney, you know, and yeah. what does that look like in a kid's ministry context? And so just tried to take some of the stories and those, those leadership principles and just make it relatable for, for people. So, yeah. You know, and and looking through the book, and and I agree. Yeah, I mean, we said this off air. I'll say it on air. Is that that? Yeah. While I, yeah, while I don't agree with the current structure and some of the things that they've done, if you go back to the old school, there's a lot we can in the church yeah. redeem. Right? We can yep. redeem principles, and and there's a lot to learn. And I'm always telling some of the people that I've coached, grab some of these books that are written by some of the Disney people. Yes. And and say, how can I do this? You know, I've told people, hey, if you want to stir creativity, go to an amusement park. Or, you know, I used to say go to Chuck E. Cheese when it was a safe place to go to. I wouldn't recommend <laughs> it nowadays, but you might lose your life over a pizza right. and a ticket, but ski ball ticket. But but <laughs> but there's something about going into a Disney park or being around the Disney and and just thinking through some of the way he told stories the way he created environments. And yeah, you're, the other book, and we'll definitely put a link in the show notes too, because it was, it did help stir some of my thinking even creatively about how how was I telling the, the greatest story ever written? Right. How am I helping children see the amazing God that we serve and and how much he loves them? And so I think, yeah, I agree with you. I think there's a ton of principles that transfer that we can redeem so give us a 30,000 foot view. We'll dive into some, some finer points, but give me a, give me a, how, how's the book set up and, and give me a better idea of what that looks like. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, really the title just came from, I mean, I just, I just wanted something clever that <laughs> just spoke to the nostalgic part of Disney, the nostalgia of it. So Kidman Trust and Pixie Dust, you know, just a spinoff of the quote in Peter Pan. Yeah. And so that's where, that's where I got that from. And then, yeah, the 30,000. Uh, point of view perspective of the book is what I did was I really it's it's been just over you know a, a decade or so of just uh, just thoughts and inspiration and and research and just collecting articles reading articles all those types of things and just over the years I have I've written a lot just through through blog posts or through articles for for magazines or etc and in some circles kind of known as 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 a Disney guy in in, in kids ministry space and so I really just kind of put all those all those thoughts together in this book and expounded on some because some of those posts that I did were, were pretty short and so added some stories etc and they really kind of center around they center around Walt Disney and some of his his leadership philosophy one of his right hand man Marty Sklar who I really just recently passed away I think in the past couple two three years yeah and and then just some thoughts and and some some extra thoughts on from from some Imagineers etc so. It's it's about really helping people in their leadership. It's helping to spark some creativity. 
It's it's especially with the Marty Sklar and his, his Ten Commandments, which which I really like. And he's actually got a whole, I think, a, a book or there's a section on that that he he goes into depth about that. But I really, I really enjoy that because I'm just I'm a practical guy and there's a lot of amazing, spiritually deep <laughs> and rich children's ministry next gen books out there that you need to get, you need to read. But I'm also a guy like, I just want, give me some nuts and bolts. Give me some, yeah. some inspiration, some, some practical ideas. I feel like that's a book takes some of the, takes those Disney principles and does just that. It just kind of brings it down to a level that, oh man, I could do that. Or you might be reading some of this and be like, I can't believe like I, I, I knew that. And if you're like me, I'll read a book sometimes. And I'm just thinking, so, you know, sometimes there's things that I don't know. And I'm like, man, that that's amazing. And it just blows my mind. But then there's some things I'm reading. I'm like, I knew that, but it just took, it just took someone to say it in a way right. where it just, it just, you know, flips the switch on and, yeah. and then just gives me the motivation to, to actually do it. And so I, I believe that's what this book will do. So it'll reach people who have been in ministry for a long time and it'll definitely help those who are just getting off, just getting started in ministry. Yeah. And I loved the format. You wrote this. Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> it, well, that's all right. No, it's it, not as a devotional because we were joking about that off right. offline is, is, <laughs> you know, you've got 31 days. And what I told you from what I, what I loved about the book myself was the, the little daily thing of saying, all right, I'm going to read this and then I'm going to, I'm going to let it marinate. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to yeah. think about this. And you gave some questions even for me to be thinking about. And I'm like, okay, I could, I could apply this. I, I could take this one. And I think this is going to be one of those books that, that people are going to walk away with, with more than 31 nuggets <laughs> that <Sure>. they can <laughs> use. Because I think the questions that you've put into it is going to lead to more discussions for their teams for sure. And I, and so I loved, I loved that. So you, you wrote this built around the framework. I, I'm curious as you were researching and, and writing these posts and, and then putting together this book, what's one of the big takeaways that you took for ministry and, and how do you think it would, would impact children's ministry? If there was one big thing in this book, what, what, what it might be? I think one of the, one of the big things that I just I just really have always admired about about Disney in general, and it has nothing to do with money, although people will correlate it to a dollar amount pretty pretty quickly, is just their excellence factor. And mm. every time every time I read about Disney, every time you know there's an interview I read or or do article I find online. It, it just always kind of comes back to to excellence and how much effort that they put into what they do to make you know to give you that you know again I'll use the word that, that magical feeling because you don't know really what what word I use so <laughs> you say magic because <laughs> because it, sometimes it feels like it feels like that and it it's because of just the excellence that they that they leverage and I would say excellence the reason why people say dollar amount because I think when you say that people will say, well, if I had that much money, of course I could dot, dot, right, dot. Right. And I'm like, well, you know, sure. You know, and no doubt I've worked for churches where, you know, I've had, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars just to play with. And some people that blow their minds like what? <laughs> but I've also, I've also worked for churches where the budget that we have is, is the money that I make from my other part-time job. Yeah. Uh, because there is no right. budget. And yeah. it's, it's, and so, and I felt like the excellence in, in in both those situations, we're still we're still great because 
excellence to me mm-hmm. is, and, and from what I can tell, even just through the interviews and things I read from Disney, it's just really doing the best you can with what you have. Yeah. And wow, that's, that's, what, that's what I love. And so when you read stories about Disney, of how they kind of, you know, when I think about when California Adventure was first built, they really did it on, on the cheap. And because they did it on the cheap, you know, it was like a, a half day park at best that people would spend time at. And people did not, they did not have a great impression of what they didn't really have the magic, didn't have because they really skimped on all the things that makes Disney Disney <laughs> to really save a few bucks. Because the reality is right. they, they had the money and they had just invested heavily into other theme parks. But for that park, they just really skimped out, I think, just to, just to, just to try to make a, a few cheap dollars. And we know what leadership learned later is that, or what they corrected was they, they put the billions back into the park to, to turn it around. And, and really, it, it really, really made a difference. So people, you know, they, they love the park because they, they spent time telling the story. You know, story is a big deal with me. I, no, that, that, that's another thing. Obviously, you know, how can you get away from story? But excellence, the reason why excellence still probably pops up just above telling story is because they do an excellent job at telling story. And, that, and that's just kind of what they do in everything that they do. So yeah, I just, it's, it's a big deal. And I think as you read through this book, you'll, 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 you'll catch that. It comes up. It's maybe yeah. a little repetitive because again, I, I wrote the book, not intentionally, you know, to be like this 31 day <laughs> journey uh, for someone. It just turned out that way. And, I, and, but so there's some, there's a few repetitive themes in there. And I think you'll see that the, the storytelling and the, the excellence factor through there. Wait. Oh, it, it is so good to be thinking about that. Because again, there's there's some of the the principle of of be diligent with what you have. And and that excellence can mean just just a little extra, you know, here and there. It doesn't and you're right. It I think people have got to, especially if you struggle with a scarcity mindset mm-hmm. that you think I have to have budget money to make excellence. Excellence can be about how your volunteers greet somebody at the door. Excellence can be how when you're teaching, you're teaching creatively, not just lecturing, but you're telling the story in a way that really emphasizes the gospel and draws it out in a way that sticks with children to create that memory so that it's more than just a fun experience on Sunday morning. So excellence, yeah. I'm glad you said, but I'm also glad you told the story a little bit about that because I think that's interesting how sometimes when you do stuff and you try to cut the corner <laughs> yeah. because you're afraid to spend the money, what happens? Well, you know, for Disney, they failed forward, right? Absolutely. Yep. And and I think that's kind of cool because that leads us right into the, the next question. Perfect segue. <laughs> like we planned this, but we didn't. But we did, but we didn't, I guess. But you you talked about that whole idea of embracing failure in and how when we learn in, from our failures, it nurtures resilience in children's ministry. I, I'd like you to unpack that a little bit because I think so many leaders today are scared of failing because they think it's a death sentence, a job sentence, you know, and and they're scared to fail. Mm. So so talk about that because I liked I liked this was like day three in the first chapter, so to speak. Right. And it was like, boom, there's, I, I thought it was some great truth there. Yeah, I know. I know in the chapter, I kind of talk, it's probably a couple, 
ways of failing. One is like, it's creating a space for kids to understand that, that, that they, they can fail. In mm-hmm. some ways, really, really like allowing a kid to be a kid. Because, <laughs> and I say that because I think sometimes we aren't, we, we don't think about it. And so we're not really intentional, but we will be quick to correct, quick to, you know, put kids on, you know, on this track and, and just, you know, run and, and, and go this direction where it's like, you know, I think that we need to provide spaces where kids can, can fail and learn and that's okay. And instead of, yeah, instead of, you know, kind of demanding this, this perfection, like you got to come in. I don't think we intentionally do it, but I think that's part of the, I think it's part of the challenge is that we yeah. don't have a lot of intention in it. So I think I know the chapter speaks to some of that, but the chapter also speaks to uh, leadership and failure. And I, this is a hard one because sometimes it's not always, and I, I, I can't recall, sorry if I spoke exactly to it in, in this book, but it's not always in your control on the failure part. And I think that's what freezes leaders up. And yeah. what I mean by that is, while it's easy for me to say it's okay to fail and you should be, and, and what I really believe is you should be failing. If you're not failing, you're not stretching yourself. Yeah. You're not trying anything new because if you're succeeding at everything you do, er, I mean, I don't know, you're, you're a prodigy. You're like, I don't know, Jesus <laughs> is like, I don't know, you're, you're Jesus. <laughs> Because yeah. I just, I find it hard to believe that you're- I want you to coach me. <laughs> yeah, that you're trying something new and you're just perfecting it every time you do it. And you're just yeah. knocked out of the park. I'm like, hey, that, that, that'd be challenging. There's no doubt you might try something new a first time and, and, and do well. But man, to consistently do that, yeah, I, I just would challenge that a little bit. And so, so I think there should, I, it's, you should expect failure. And I think what freezes people up is that, although we might believe that, do our leaders believe that? Do the people that we report to- do they, do they share that same mindset? And one of the questions I always ask before I go even into a church, and I've, I've worked at a handful of them, is, is it, is it safe to fail here? And mm. I let them know that. I, right off the bat, I let them know, listen, I'm going to fail at something. And in fact, if you don't allow me to fail, I'm not, the, I'm not your guy. And so, <laughs> yeah. so just right off the bat, they know that I'm going to take some chances and I want to know that they fail too. I want to know that, that, it, that this is a safe place. And so I'm not right. saying it's a, it's a place where I'm going to come in and, you know, just mess, mess everything up and, and, you know, leave a, you know, a, a big train wreck and bodies behind me as I, you know, <laughs> I'm not talking about that, but I'm talking about is, you know, is this a space where we can do something new to reach people that need to, that need Jesus, to reach families, to reach kids? Because, I mean, obviously the, the way we're doing it, is, is, is not the way you want to do it or else you wouldn't have hired me. Um, you know, you, so, so you want to do something differently. You see something that is, that, that's different. If you want the status quo, then you would have stuck with this, the same person. And so for, for, if you're not sure about that upfront though, it can be scary. And I think that's what, that's what causes us to, to freeze and to hesitate mm-hmm. with failure is because now we're not sure, is our leader going to be okay with us failing? And so I just encourage people, if you don't know, have that conversation next time you have a one-on-one or next time you have an opportunity. Every church is structured different, so not everyone gets access to, to everyone. But whoever you report to, you know, do I have permission to fail? And you, what you basically, do I have permission to try something new? And if it doesn't work, we're going to learn from it and, and tweak it, do something, do, do something different. And obviously, you don't want to fail the same thing over and over again. That, that's not failing forward. That's not learning. That's just chaos i don't know <laughs> uh, but but yeah but failing to me is a good thing in fact people that have worked for me man if you have not failed at something i'm just like are, are you even trying and so to me it's a it's an example of of great leadership and an example of of risk taking which i think is important mm, and just expanding 
expanding, you know, the gifts that God's given you and maybe even learning something. Maybe there's a, a trait, something you don't feel comfortable with. Try something new. And so take, take the chance of, of failing. And I think that's Ooh, great. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. So later, I mean, yeah, it was hard for me to pick sections to talk about because I was like, I want to talk about this one. I want to talk about this one. I want to talk. About... But then I'm like, well, people just need to read the book. They just need to there go get go. it. Because seriously, there's there's not enough time in the podcast to talk about some of uh, some of the things I would love to dig into. So we'll probably just have to do another podcast too. Do it. That would be fun because I would like to talk more about how how you see leaders and what we could do in this in this what I call the new now, not the new normal, because I still don't think right. we're anywhere close to normal yet. And how, how some of these principles could, could cultivate some of the new things that ministry needs to start doing. You know, we, we created, I mean, there was such innovation during COVID that happened. I, I've, I, I saw so many children's leaders creating new things and doing ministry in new ways. And then as soon as, you know, they declare the pandemic basically over, everybody went rushing right back to what we used to do. We're right back to our comfort zones. And I'm like, man, we're, we're missing some of that stuff. Yep. I, I want to, I want to jump into, I am going to go off script here for a second because I think some of this revolves around leadership and how we lead and you do a whole section on, on Disney's blueprint and, and how, you know, he had some real principles for leadership and what are a couple things that that if you were advising a younger, newer ministry leader, what would be some things that you would say, hey, take a look at these principles and use these? You got some for us? Yeah, I would say, I mean, well, one of the things that, that sticks out to me is, I mean, Disney was an innovator, Walt Disney. And I would, you know, going back to your your point of, you know, COVID, you know, COVID and the innovation that was there. And then people kind of going back to old habits or old ways of doing things because it's either cheaper or it feels more comfortable. I, I would encourage younger leaders to, to continue to innovate. You know, one of the things I was just reading the other day is that if you're not on, if you're, if you're not on, on YouTube, you're, you're behind, you're already losing gen alpha. And the reality is, I mean, there's not very many kids ministry Th that are. There's very yeah. few. I mean, you got some large churches who are doing it, but there's not very many who are. And I believe that there's opportunity to, to leverage that in a way that, 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 that grabs the minds of, of young people. And, and the reason why they say it, because, because most, I mean, that, that's where most kids get their, get their entertainment, get their, right. get, get their news. You yeah. know, my kids prefer YouTube over over cable, over, you know, the, you know, yeah. over Disney plus or Netflix or anything like that. They, they prefer YouTube. They enjoy what, what it has to offer. And so yep. it was great during, I think during COVID where, I mean, there are maybe churches were forced to or whatever, but some of these kids ministries, small kids ministries, you know, with maybe don't have the tens of thousands of dollars to do much. They were being innovative in their way to, to yes. reach kids and and I just, there was just something about that that I think was special. And I think as long as you didn't get stuck in, you know, trapped in the comparison trap yeah, where, you know, I'm comparing, you know, what I'm doing to, you know, this church down or whatever. And, you know, you just, 
worry about the people that God's, you know, the, the, the kids and the families that God has, you know, put in your path. I think you'd be fine. But I think sometimes we look at some of these other churches and we're like, oh, well, they've got more money. They just right. looks better. It sounds better. Yep. They've got all these, the bells and whistles and everything. And then it takes off. It just maybe puts us in a spiral of a downward spiral of, of like, <laughs> you know, we're not good enough. And, and, and yeah, so I, I think that innovation is a, is a good thing. Sorry. It's kind of weird. Little, little cat there. I, innovation is a great thing. I, I would say that for a young leader, stay stay humble and you know we know Walt Disney had some humble roots you know I don't know that he was was humble the entire time but he definitely had some humble roots and he was humbled at at times and and yeah. he had some grit and he just he kept going you know I think you know some of his principles of you know and there's the story that people know you know he created Oswald the lucky rabbit and you know that his first character first you know kind of main character that was known and that was kind of, you know, sneakily or, or contractually taken from him by uh, Universal Studios, you know, back in the day. And, you know, and, you know, I think for some people that would have been a blow, you know, for a lot of people yeah. that would have been, like, let's just pack the bags, go home, yeah, let's just stop. And I think that in a lot of churches, there's, you know, some, some things that happen that are even outside your control. You didn't see it. You know, it wasn't in the interview, you know, when you're interviewing, you're, you're just dating. That's yeah. what it is. And when you're dating, what are you doing? You're, be you're both putting your best foot forward. Yep. Yep. And then, you know, it's not after you get married that you begin to see each other's, you know, scars and, and yep. imperfections. And so, uh, and it goes both ways. And so I think sometimes some things will happen in churches and, mm. and, and it just, it just gets us off. We didn't see it coming and, and we're like, well, I'm done. You know, that's just it. Right. And I'm going to pack it up and leave. I'm not going to do ministry anymore. I'm going to go to a different church and not realizing the grass isn't always greener on the other side and not realizing that sometimes God wants to No, there are some situations I won't get into. And I know you've gotten, you know, you've got amazing ministry, Tom, that, that helps ministers through some of these challenging situations. But I think there are times that God uses these moments to, to prune, to refine you, to make you a better leader. And we jump ship a little early yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and we miss out on what God wanted to do in and through us, which in, which in turn would have impacted, I think your ministry at that, at that place in a, in a great way. And so, you know, for some young leaders, I'm like, you know, just, just hang in there. And I'm not talking about sticking through an abusive situation. So, yep. so please don't right. go to the extreme of, of, <laughs> of things. Yeah. If you ever think, if you're ever thinking like, I don't know if I am in one or not, whatever, talk to Tom, talk to someone who's been in ministry for a long time. And, and, and I'm sure you'll, you'll figure it out, but. So I would say like, you know, you need some grit. You need some of that, that Walt Disney grit in the beginning and then find your Mickey Mouse, right? So Oswald is taken from, from Disney and what did it do? Man, he just dug his heels in and, and had some grit and went in and, and eventually, you know, there's, it's a long story, but, you know, created, created Mickey Mouse and obviously the, the rest is history, right? Yeah. And so there's a, there's a lot to, to the grit innovation and. Yeah, I don't know. I'll, I'll stick with those two things because I, I could go on. But well, I that was huge. I mean, seriously, Justin. I mean, and I hope, regardless of you know, yeah, we framed it around newer leader, but I think any ministry leader needed to hear the truth of what he just said, because you're right. I think there are a lot of leaders who miss out on seeing tremendously amazing things happen because they let one little thing or two little things that they think, you know, are the mountain when it really is the molehill, you know? Right. Yep. And, and, you know, yeah, when Disney saw the property in Florida, he could have went, oh, well, this is just a bunch of swamp. 
forget it. Let's just right. go back to California. Never mind. That would have yeah. been a hundreds of billion dollar mistake, you know, and, and yet ministry leaders are like, well, I don't have everything that the big church down the street has. And so woe is me, you know, I'm not supported. My senior pastor hates me. And, you know, it's just like the silly videos I've seen on Instagram where, you know, the dog is like, my owner wants to kick me out. They don't love me anymore. Right. And, that's not what I said. Well, you told me I couldn't have that, you know, my bone, right. you know, and it's like, <laughs> seriously, and that's the way some ministry leaders get. And, and so we miss the opportunity. And, and this is where I think some of the Kidman trust comes in. Cause you do talk about in one of the chapters about modeling integrity and building character and building trust. And because kids need to know that they can trust us if they're going to mm -hmm. trust this God we're talking about, right? I think that's critical. Absolutely. I mean, that's where they learn. And especially if they're coming from a home where they're not sure they can trust the adults in the room, right? it becomes even more critical. And so I liked how you, you, on, on one, uh, trying to remember what day it was. I just, I've got the page pulled up. It's like 60, 61, something like that. 62, where you're talking about the whole idea of building that culture of respect and trust and integrity. And I want you to talk about a, a little bit about that because I do think some leaders struggle with this as well because they don't stay long enough to build trust and integrity. And they often wonder, well, how am I supposed to get this with my senior leader? How, do, how does my senior leader, you know, how do I get their trust so that they'll invest more in, in me and in, in the ministry? I, I think this was, a, this was an interesting chapter that, again, I don't necessarily know I've heard anybody really talk about this. So I, I, I wanted to highlight this one. Yeah, no, I think that's great. And yeah, I might, I might go off, off a little bit and, and just to, and just to be, I mean, perfectly clear. I mean, I, I've even not stuck in, you know, I have not been at the same church, you know, for 10, 20 years. I've got some friends who've done that and the fruit that they've seen from, from sticking around is mind boggling. And I would lie if I said I wasn't envious of it because yep. oh, me too. Um, it's just, I mean, to see some of the, you know, to, to invest into a family and to see the spiritual growth and development that happens in their kids. And then, you know, you're there long enough to where they get married and then they have kids and they're also, I mean, I'm just like, that's just gotta be so fulfilling yeah. and, and absolutely amazing. But yeah, but I mean, f building trust, I think it's, it's all about consistency and, and just, yeah. And just being, and just being honest and open. And, you know, there's been times in my ministry, which is I'm sure a conversation for another day where, you know, I wasn't, and that definitely impacted hmm. relationships and, and 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 how things went. And so, but there's a lot of times where where I was, and I, and I think where people are. And I say consistency because it's. I, I think they just want to know. You know, obviously every every church is different, and you know, whenever there's a leadership, you know, change, upheaval, or whatever you want to say, it always rocks the boat. Yeah. And you know, families, they just want to know. You know, are you the real deal? Are you going to show up? Mm -hmm. And, you know, do you, do you mean what you say? And I think that your leader is, is asking the same thing. So, so Good. they both are. And I think, so I, th I think if you do those few, I think if you do those few things, I think you'll find yourself in a great position. You know, you want to build a relationship with your, or, or trust with your leader. It's, I mean, it's, it's, I would say, especially if you're starting off, I mean, be responsible. I mean, think of, you know, what I would say are some, I want to say no brainer things, but I don't want to offend people if it, <laughs> if you're like, I didn't, I didn't realize that. But it's little things like, you know, create a plan 
and and follow through with with your plan. Yes. Um, it's it's communication. It's like you know, it's it's over communicate. It's when you say I'm going to call you, you're going to call them. Mm-hmm. When you say I'm going to pray for you, and they can't see that you are, you actually do pray for them. It's I mean, it's so it's it's doing those things, and then doing those things consistently. And so I and over time. Your leader, I mean, you're gonna you're gonna build that trust within them. Some people are maybe a little like me. I'm I'm more of a person who is like, you know, you've got I've, you've earned, you've got my trust. You know, I've either you know I've 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 hired you or you're on my volunteer team or whatever. And the reason why you are is because I trust you. I, I wouldn't have asked you yeah, to be in right. this role if I didn't have some sort of trust. And so you have it. Now it's up to you whether you keep it or not. And so I think a lot of, I think there are leaders who are like that. And so you have to like unearn their trust. Right. So, so, and, but not all leaders are like that. I know that sometimes you have to like, you know, you have to earn it. And I go into every situation, like I want to earn, earn their trust. And so those are the types of things that, that I've done is I have just, just been, just been consistent. And so over time they're like, okay, I can count on Justin because he's, yeah. he says, he does what he says. And he shows up and not just in a physical sense, but in a, in a, yeah, just all in, in all ways he's there. So I think if you were to, to do that, be consistent, it goes, it goes a long way and you'll find pretty quickly that you'll have, you'll have families, you know, I want to say eating out of the palm of your hand. That sounds, yeah. that sounds bad to me, but you know what I mean? But I mean, they will, I mean, they'll, but, they'll do yeah. anything for you because they, they, right. they believe your leader will as well. Yep. Yeah. If you're trustworthy in the little things, um, you know, some people struggle with volunteers and keeping volunteers. One of the reasons why people lose volunteers is because they don't trust you anymore. You know, you might overpromise and underdeliver or whatever. You know, you cast a big vision, but yet the quality of excellence doesn't support that big right. vision that you say you have. And that's a way to erode trust really quickly. And, you know, and same with the senior leader. If you, if you, yeah, if you're not where you say you are, or you don't aim for the goals that, and, and well, even if you set goals and you don't even come close to them, yeah, you're, you're going to lose that. So as we're getting ready to close out here, I want to, I want to hit, because you mentioned Marty Scalar and, and, you know, I love listening to interviews with Imagineers. I, I think, you know, McNair Wilson, and okay. I've gotten the chance to rub shoulders with him and be in a room with him a couple of times. And I've gotten to walk the park a couple of parks with him, which oh, was insanely amazing to hear. I mean, he was one of the Imagineers that helped design the Tower of Terror, you know, and awesome. he was telling the story of how he was in the room and with all the big executives and how he how he did it and literally taking a Kleenex and balling it up because they wanted to know what does this ride do? And he held it up and then he just dropped the Kleenex on the table and he went, right. we're going to take them up. A bunch, uh, real high, and then we're just going to drop them. In fact, we're probably going to drop them <laughs> twice. We're going to make them think we dropped them, and then right. we're going to drop them again. And you know, and I think it was Michael Eisner, if I'm having the story right, asked, "Well, how many stories?" And he's like, "Well, thirteen, <laughs> because you know, of course, you know, and just, but <laughs> right. but then to yeah. also hear that if you, what you don't, people don't realize is that." The, the 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 storytelling that goes on there at Disney, not only did they want this hotel and all this kind of stuff, but they also knew it was going to be seen from a distance. And so they, yep. if you go around and if you're in Epcot, you're in another country and 
you're looking and you're actually seeing the back of the Tower of Terror, but it looks like the scenery from I can't remember which country it is. But anyway, I'm 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 looking at all this and I'm thinking, you know, these Imagineers had this amazing creativity. And some people think, well, I'll never be able to do any of that stuff. And and I like how you brought it out in in the book and you shared some of the principles. I'm just wondering, can you pick one or two that that if somebody, you know, if for some sad reason they don't pick up this book, <laughs> give them give them one or two nuggets. And maybe this will push them over the edge to go buy the book because I think it's worth it. So, yeah, I think one of the ones that sticks out to me is is Marty Sklar. I think it's the second commandment is wear your guest shoes. Uh, and I think it's, it sounds like such an easy, I don't know, it sounds like su such an easy thing, but I think it's something we don't do mm. enough of. And so what he's talking about is uh, well, even one of the more famous stories, the Walt Disney stories is Walt Disney was known to, you know, throw in a hat. And he would go stand in line at his park in Disney at Disneyland just because he wanted to hear what the guests what guests were saying. So he he yeah. would stand in line of you know think of those classic those classic rides that I know that you know Disneyland still has, and and he would he would just listen. You know what well, what are they saying? You know are they you know are are they are they bored? Are they excited? Are they whatever? And then he would take that information and and he would talk to Imagineers and and they would do something with it. And so, man, maybe we need to add some more shade. Maybe we need to do this, tweak this, make this, whatever. And so he's always, he was always in his guest shoes. And there's so there's encouragement to, I think when you're in ministry, that sometimes you forget, you just forget who we're serving. And sometimes I think yeah. we unintentionally serve or start serving ourselves. We might serve our so what I mean by that is like we might start serving our own ideas our own thoughts and we're not in our guests we're not in our guest shoes and so i know over the years what i've done is i've had families in our church and that i've said hey what i'd love for you to do is you know this you know, i have a relationship with them is like i'm going to put you on a mission and i want you to i want you just to do what walt disney did i want you to go stand in line you know dropping kids off i want you just to listen i want you to walk around with fresh eyes and just what do you see what's going on that you feel like we could do better on. I've done this a couple times with some brand new family. So new to the church and I have, I've asked them. It's, I, you have to do this the right way. I don't, I don't, yeah. really, I wouldn't recommend you just do this, all these new families, but there are a couple new families that I just, I don't know. I just felt com comfortable with. I said, Hey, mm -hmm. this is who I am. And I would love for you. I would love if it's okay to just connect with you for 10 minutes after, after the service. I know it's your first time. Uh, let me, hey, if it's a church I was working at, we had coffee. I was like, hey, let me grab your coffee. And I just want to talk to you about your experience. So as you're dropping yes. your kid off for the very first time here, yep. just pay attention. to. I mean, I just love for you just to pay attention to some things and, and let's connect. Those were some of those eye-opening moments for me because oh, yes. um, it allowed me to see through their eyes a little bit of, of really what does a first-time guest feel and see and what is their sense as they're going through our space, which was which is super valuable. We were able to make some decisions based off of that. Yes. But then two, I would try to, so I've done that, but then two, kind of going back to where your guest shoes is, I would try, because it's, it's hard when you're in it for a lot of years, it's hard to, you know, put on the shoes of a first time guest or, or put on the yep. shoes of a child. Oh, yeah. uh, but, but the reality is you've got to try, you got to, you have to do that. You have to force yourself to do that at times and, and just don't, you know, take off your, take off your, your, I'm the boss hat and put on your, man, would I attend your hat if I wasn't being paid? Mm. Would I, would I? <laughs> I mean, I mean, would I have a good experience? And, 
and be okay with you going through a service and being like, oh my goodness, we're doing a great job. And this is, this is awesome. Or be okay with sitting through one of your experiences and, and thinking, oh my goodness, we've yeah. got to make some changes. This is not, this is not good. We're not connecting. Or I can't believe this is as messy or we're not as clear on, on communicating this part. Be okay with that. And and just but go through your guest shoes. So I, I think that I think that's a that's a huge wow, one. That's a big that I think would just would would change some of your thinking. And then another one would be, and I had a friend look through this and and help me edit it because I used the word too much. So if you're a, a junior hire, but uh, the fourth one I said it says that you know uh, Marty Sklar's thing is create a weenie, and I had someone look the chapters like Justin, what in the world are you talking about? I'm like, hear me out. For one, I didn't I didn't come up with the term. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and and really what it was, it was Walt Disney had this thing of where weenie is in a hot dog. And what it was, it, it was when he said like, like create a weenie, it was something that drew people in. And so here was this hot dog stand at the end of main, you know, Main Street USA that would, yep. that would draw people in, draw people's attention or, or the weenie at, at, at Walt Disney World at the Magic Kingdom or at, at Disneyland. Really, it's, it's the castle, right? That is the thing yep. that draws people yep. in. And, and so you yep. see it draws you and you want to walk that way. And so I would say, what is the, you know, what is that thing in your ministry that draws people to your ministry? And it can literally be something, I mean, if you, if you wanted to, it could be something physical, but I'm not necessarily talking about something physical. It is, I mean, what, what, what are you known for? Is it like, are, are you, are you a minister that really cares and loves families, like loves kids? Is it a real, like, Maybe the the weenie at your at your church that then draws them in. It's the focal point is that you are a church that man. You just meet the needs of your community. I mean, stuff happens yep. in your community, yep. and you're known as the ministry that just goes out there and man. You're you're clothing those kids. You're finding you know the, those those school backpacks. You know at the beginning of school and throughout the school year, and you're adopting that yes. that that school that that man just needs a help because they're underfunded. You know, just just what is it that that that, that you're known for? Uh, maybe you're just mm. you're strong on just you know biblical, you know solid biblical teaching, and that's the thing that yeah. draws people in because you're a safe place for those families. They know that when they drop their kids off, that they're going to be discipled well in in that faith oh, community. Good. And so those are probably like two of my favorite ones I think of. And it, and I'll, and it could be something physical as well. You know that that focal point. It could be yep. and you're just that 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 church that just is is really cool. In the fact that I mean, it it just draws people in who would not go to church. They would not go to a tra- yep. traditional church, even though your church is great. It kind of got some of those traditional vibes yep. to it, and and unfortunately, it wouldn't attract a certain kind of people. But maybe your church just has this, you know, and and you might think it's it's you know it's it's just you know the frosting on a cake, and, and maybe it is, but it just might look have that look and that feel. I think that's okay. It gets people in the church in into a place where they would never go, and then now it's up to you to not just be the frosting, but man, where's, you know, but you're also the substance and everything yes. underneath that. So, yes. Yep. Sorry, just rambling there. That's no, no, because <laughs> that, I mean, I, I heard McNair talk about that, that term, because that's what the Tower of Terror is at, at Hollywood Studios. Yep. That's what the Chinese theater is when you walk into Hollywood Studios, is you've got those focal points that at the end that draw you there. Yep. And so, yeah, every leader could ask, what draws people to our church? And when they come in, then what do they experience? I tell people, I tell leaders, get down on your knees and what do you see when you walk in the door? Because that's yes. what a kid's going to see. So get down on their level 
and then go take a big sniff down your hallways. Yes, um, please. Because if it doesn't pass the view test and the smell test, you're in trouble. Right. Just saying. You can, and, and you know, you can have the big million dollar playground, but if it stinks in there, it smells like dirty diapers in the ball pit. They're not coming back. Exactly. Yeah. Or if there's little <laughs> substance, I mean, if you just have that, you're going to keep them for, for, for a time. Yep. But they're going to, you're going to struggle. You're going to yeah have those conversations of, you know, I wish there was something deeper or they're not finding yep. relationships. So there's there just so go. much more to it. So there's nothing wrong with having those cool, expensive, you know, things, you know, whatever sure. it is, but you just better have something to back it up with. Exactly. Exactly. And, and, and it doesn't take the big fancy stuff. Cause if you go to the simplest exactly. things and you've got great people who love kids and create a welcoming environment with smiles on their faces and they're all happy to be there and they engage your kid from the moment they walk in the door. Oh yeah. Yep, I'll take that over the shiny toy. Any day. I will take and, that. And honestly, all day. All day. Um, a lot of younger families will take that as well. Yes. Yes. Yep. Absolutely. Totally agree. All right. Got to ask this question as we wrap up. What's one of your big takeaways from the book and how's it impacted you? Yeah, I think that I just, I have such an appreciation for storytelling. And again, that's woven through uh, the yeah. book a lot. I really enjoyed there's So towards the end of the book, there's a couple of interviews that I recorded down and put in here with a marketeer or imagine an Imagineer who were heavily involved at, with, with the Disney company. And, and so one of my takes away is, is, is one is like, I think people, they think of the Walt Disney company, they think, you know, anti-Jesus or they're not, you know, they're not Christian friendly. And, and I'm, I'm constantly surprised of like, you'd be surprised how many people of faith are involved in the company, making decisions, doing, yeah. so, you know, doing something, redeeming storytelling that's making a difference. And so throughout the book, I'm just, I'm inspired to tell the story of Jesus, which is why we're here. I know this sounds maybe corny or whatever, but uh -uh. I, but it's just true. I just, I want to tell his story better. And that means in the words that I say, in how I represent him, in, in how I present myself, in the things that I create, the things yes. that I teach, I just, I'm inspired to to be a better storyteller. And oh, I may not be the best orator, you know, you know, in, in front of a microphone, but storytelling is so much, is so much more than that. It's, it's not just oh, about yeah. opening a book and reading a story. Yeah. Yep. Storytelling is ingrained in everything that we do. In fact, and I'm sure there'll be one more Disney book, you know, in a couple of years to, to complete the trifecta, but because <laughs> I want to, because I want to hone in on the storytelling aspect of it, I want to pull it out. But I mean, it was, it was, I enjoyed oh. the, the interviews with the, with the people that I interviewed. I enjoyed all the articles that, that I've read and I just want to be even a, a better, better storyteller. Cool. All right. So where Justin can people find the book? Cause we'll put the link in the show notes as well, but where can they find the book and get it on order? Yeah. I mean, easiest way to find it is, is on Amazon. So, you know, search for, you know, my name, Justin with a Y, J-U-S-T-Y-N Smith, or, or look for the book Kidman Trust and Pixie Dust is the easiest way. Man, if people wanted to do a a bulk order, they could contact me directly at justin at justinsmith.com. And I'd be more than happy to work a deal to to get them in bulk for teams. If that's what they'd like. Awesome. All right. Well, we will put that in the show notes so that 
that people can get at that if they want to. And because I definitely would recommend picking up a copy, guys, read it with your teams, go through the questions, work it through, because there's some really good stuff. And, and we'll put links to, to the company that Justin's working with as well in the show notes. So if your church is interested in getting some help in storytelling and figuring out how do we want, what do we want to be known for? I would encourage you to have a conversation with Justin, jump into a coaching call with him or whatever. And, you know, I, I just think it'd be great, but this book will be a good catalyst for it, for it, for sure. So man, thanks for, thanks for the time today. We've, we've been talking a long time, Yeah, we have. But it yeah. sure has been good catching up. Yeah. I appreciate Tom. And no, I just appreciate your ministry and just what you've done. You're a seasoned leader who's just shown yourself time and time again to come through and yeah, I'm just excited for all that God's doing through you, through this, and through through your future. So thanks for having me. And I'm really looking forward just to, just to hanging out. Yeah. Well, me too. Me too. We will do this again soon. All right, my friends. Well, that's going to wrap up this episode of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast. Again, if there's anything that we can do to serve you, please reach out. Don't hesitate. If you haven't joined the Kid Ministry Collective community, come join us on Facebook. Just remember to answer all the questions because we do take that seriously to let people in. And I, man, I just denied three poor people today because they didn't answer the questions. And I sent them messages because I try to communicate, but we're not just trying to gatekeep. We really do care about the community. We want to keep it safe and productive for everybody, but God bless you. Thanks for listening. If you, if you leave us a review or send us a takeaway, we would love to hear about those things and go pick up the book and stay tuned for another episode real soon. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast. We hope that it's helped and encouraged you. If you would, support our podcast by continuing to share it with other leaders. And if you haven't already, hey, please subscribe and leave us a review wherever you listen to this podcast. We look forward to hearing from you how this podcast has helped and sharpened your skills in ministries. So let us know on your Facebook page or head over to kmccoach.net and share with us there. And thanks again for listening to the Kid Ministry Collective Podcast.